We've got some fresh new young talent doing some things that I know you haven't heard before. One, two, three, listen. You gotta have a like the why, and we know our why. So I think you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Millions and millions of people have done this already. You can get help, you can get a roadmap, you can save a lot of time, money, and frustration. Welcome to the Value Add Podcast with K&K. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Value Add with K and K. And today you have K and K. Wow. Your intros are always very interesting. They are super exciting. <sighs> and today's topic is super not exciting. But we have to have the talk. We just want to have a chat. We're not diving into detail. We just want to chat about it because the news wants to chat about it. Property owners want to chat about it. Tenants want to chat about it. Politicians want to chat about it. Everybody wants to chat about it. Crystal, what are we going to chat Kenny, about? Kenny, you want to chat about it. Not really. <laughs> Actually, I don't because it's something we really have can't control and it keeps getting pushed down. I think... Uh, we didn't say what it was. the eviction moratorium or the impending eviction crisis, as they call it uh, right now. I think, you know... It seems like a lot of people are unclear about the eviction moratorium. I have been talking to clients about it, too. They've been asking a lot about it. So um, that's what we wanted to cover is the fact that it was extended to the end of September. So you now can't evict a tenant for COVID-related reasons until the end of September as of now. And, and they have until the end of December to pay you back. And that could get pushed out further. Why wouldn't it? Yeah. Why wouldn't it get pushed out again? Yeah. You think we're, we'll be out of this at the end of September? I don't think so. Yep. And a lot of this, I think, is politically driven because of the election year. Um, who knows? But here's the deal. Um, I'm not going to sit here and lose sleep over it or beat myself up about it because you can't control it. You can't control politicians. You can't control the people when it, that are control this stuff. So all you can do is control what you do, you know, in your life and your building and all that. But what I can say is that if somebody's not paying your building and whether you can start doing eviction notices, let's say September 30th. So October 1st, you can go to the courthouse and file your paperwork. I can tell you what, that by the time you get in line with everybody else and go through the process of, I guarantee you they will not be out of your property for six months after that, if not longer. So if somebody stopped paying in March, Yes, they could potentially live in your property till free for a, over a year. And if you want to, you can complain about it. You can go, this is ridiculous. You know, I get it. I get it. I get it. We can all bitch. It's also, there's people that have businesses that aren't even allowed to open that have zero business. That's ridiculous too. You know, there's people that lost their jobs and their businesses because they're forced to shut down or restaurants or bars or whatever it is. So we can sit here and bitch and complain about it. But that's just what it is. And I think there's some people saying, oh, I'm going to, you know, somebody's going to pay back five months of rent. I don't think they are. I think people are going to, when the eviction's over, I think people are going to move out and say, cool, come after me. I don't have anything. Good luck. I think there's also a lot of people sitting in your units right now that have the money that could pay you that are choosing to take advantage of the law and take advantage of you and save up the money and not not move on. I hope those people that are doing that, and if you're listening to this, yes, I'm talking to you, that when you go to move out, I hope that people, like Crystal said in an earlier podcast we talked about, is 
the people that are going to re-rent to people, start pulling credit, start checking income, start verifying that you paid. And then if you are one of these that took advantage of the system that could pay, I hope you do not get released to. And you should deserve to feel a little pain because you're not helping the economy. You're not helping the situation. You're not. You're, you're, you're just as big as a problem of everybody else that is you know, the person that decides to have a party at their house with 100 people and 30 people get COVID at it. So let's talk about a couple defense options Sorry. since that was our just last ranting. podcast. Yes. On the defense, uh, what can you do if evictions are not able to be done? Get your paperwork in order. Um, definitely get an attorney. We already had one on. You can go back and listen to our previous podcast, and she'll tell you exactly what she recommends, and th- and she'll tell you what you can and can't do, and she'll also tell you that you should probably hire an attorney because this is going to be new. The judges don't even know how they're going to deal with it. So if you don't want to wait for the eviction process, what other options do you have? Um, so Crystal is a tenant and she's not paying and I would knock on her door or call her and say, hi, Crystal. I know you, she haven't paid. Is there anything I could do to get you out? Kind of like the drug dealers, the pimps, the prostitutions, the non-payers. I've done this before and Monty's laughing, but this is everybody that has an apartment knows this is what you do. I would go to them and go, Hey, I would be willing to give you X amount of money to get you out right now. That person could go hmm, I might as well take it. Or they could go, no, because they think they can live there six more months. I would definitely go to them and hit them with, can I pay you to get out? It might even be worth to pay them $5,000 to get out if you can get $1,500 more rent because you might go, that's ridiculous because like I said, we're filming this and it's almost August 1st. They're not getting out. I guarantee you if they play the game, it's probably like second quarter of next year. And Crystal, you'd give $5,000 to give somebody out right now, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's necessarily about the dollar amount. I think um, what we need to do, though, first is that just because you're going to try to negotiate to get this tenant out without doing an eviction does not mean that you do not need to contact an attorney. You do need to have that attorney there. Um, They may or may not be willing to, uh, like, type up that cash for keys letter for you because they're not technically supposed to condone that. It could – back I mean there's some circumstances where it could probably be problematic it can definitely be problematic if you don't consult an attorney and you don't do it properly so that's the first thing you need to do is consult an attorney um I don't know the language honestly you'd have to call like KTS or whoever usually you can but you're saying it's not that you can't do it it's just that there's certain there's a specific way that it needs to be done and you need to be very careful about how you do it and especially if you're going to give someone a large sum of money to get out of your apartment um, or any sum of money, you want to do it right because you don't want to throw it down the trash and then you have more money that you're out on this situation. So talk to an attorney first. Um, and I absolutely would negotiate to get a tenant out. Um, and I would have a very, I would have a set time and date that they need to be out and you exchange the literally the cash for the keys so you give them a cashier's check um or you can give them cash um i would i would prefer a cashier's check because that's traceable um so i know it's a pain in the neck and you don't want to go to your bank and whatever I, i would personally get a cashier's check um and you would have the letter they sign it when they get the keys you give them the money and they have given you possession of the unit so that's what I would do um, in the event. Just, just of- jumping in there. Um, when you do do that, make sure you do it properly. 
call an attorney if you can't have them sign something. Have a maintenance guy there to change the lock. Mm-hmm. Make sure all of their valuables are out of the apartment. And make or sure you're gonna get rid of them. your maintenance guy changes the lock. Because if you walk away and you give them this, they could walk right back in there and, and take, possession. Say, take possession. So yeah. make sure they're out for good. Um, but Crystal is right. Like maybe you cannot do this in this time, but you know, that probably is your only option at this time. Now, the second thing that I really want to um, push with this is that the other thing that you have for tenants who are not paying and who are playing this game with you um, is this little thing that I love called renter's credit. So if you're a landlord, you can sign up for renter's credit, which means that um, you can actually report a tenant's timely or late rent payments on their credit report. So Irvine Company does it, for example. A lot of companies do it. We did it. Um, and I made sure that our property manager also did it because oh, really? it has multiple ven- benefits. Absolutely. it's. You're so smart. I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's multiple benefits to that. For one, the tenants know that it affects their credit, but it also helps their credit. So it can help your tenants credit, which can be a really good thing for them. The other thing is, is that because if you have to go through an eviction, um, that's not even going to report on that person's credit. So the, the really shitty thing about that is that they're going to go get an apartment and it, you're, it's not even going to show. So they can lie. They can have a friend call and be their landlord. And, you know, Joe Schmo knew, landlord doesn't even know talks to this person verifies rent and all of that and they don't even know um it takes like maybe 60 days or so to report that judgment on their credit report so that first time they move they get they get off scotch-free so now you're waiting i mean we get checks i still get checks today from like people that had balances with us like five years ago because the same thing you got one this week yes it's the second time they move that free money But it's the second time they move that they get hit. So they could live there for five years, 10 years, whatever. Let me me jump in. Crystal rolled her eyes. But this one she forgot about because I'm in lending. And guess what else? If Joe got an apartment and Joe needed a co-signer called mom or dad, guess who else has it on their credit? Yeah. Mom and dad. And I've done a loan where mom's like, well, I co-signed for my son. And the lender's like, do you have 12 months canceled checks? Nope. We have to hit you for the debt. Are you kidding me? Well, if you co-sign for a car or mortgage, we need that, right, Crystal? So guess what happens if you have a co-signer? They go on it too. So now that mom and dad, if they have the ability, they're, if they know this, they're going to have to help keep this rent going or they're going to get on their credit. You can't, just, you can't just go, hey, can you take me off the credit now since they're not paying you're going to be like that's not how so that might be a reason why you don't co-sign for your kids but yes that or anybody else that being said uh staying on topic uh that goes on their credit the other thing that is good about the renter's credit is not only does it help your tenant not only does it help keep them in line because they know it's being reported um it also helps that when if and when they don't pay they're going to need to pay it back sooner because that first place that they go to that they apply for, it's going to show that they have a balance due with you. Or and we they, don't rent as a rule any 
large apartment owner. I mean, those people are going to have to go find some mom pop like that person that we talked about before that does, you know, rents on a handshake or whatever because they get a good vibe from someone or whatever. Um, that Those are going to be the kind of – only the kind of people who are going to rent to them because if you're going to go look – at like a bigger landlord, they're going to run the credit. They're going to see it. They're going to require that that balance is paid off before they would even consider What's the renting the to you. What's the company that does this? Um, it's through like Experian, I believe. So they all do it. So you can just own if you own a four unit. You I'm can pretty do it. sure it's Experian only. But if you own a four unit, you can do it. Anybody can do it now. Yeah, but you kind of have to have some sort of um, of a reporting, a way to report it. We had it through our software at Folio okay. that you can sign up. They had like a partnership with Experian, so all I did was sign up for it and. Since we were constantly updating our software and, you know, posting payments and things, it actually would report that for us. So um, they just – you give them access basically and they, they check all your collections and things. And um, it's a really valuable tool because I actually would say that of all the evictions that I've done, I've had very little money coming back to us. We've had some, but uh, the most money that I've had coming back to us has been from reporting to renter's credit because we then hired a collection company too to help to do the collections. You give them like 40 to 50% of whatever the balance due is. But hey, if you're going to get your some of that money back, why not? I get checks like – I probably get a couple checks a month now because unfortunately we had some buildings that we had to clean up that had a lot of delinquency. But we reported. We hired the, the – the collection company and we're getting checks all the time um so it's definitely worth it to do because i've heard that from a lot of small land landlords before they'd say oh well i'm, I'm not going to get the money back anyways it's just gone and it's like i consider it gone but that doesn't mean i'm not going to still try it doesn't cost me any money yeah, until other, somebody pays i get a split from that debt the other collector. thing too is uh if that person which has happened in one of our cases uh one person called crystal up and said hey crystal Oh my! I got this thing on my credit. It was like five thousand dollars, and they're like, "I'm trying to buy a home." And the lender says, "I have to pay it off, but I need to get this removed off my credit because it's hindering me." So if I pay you off, will you give me a deletion letter? And Crystal gladly said, "Sure." You give me the five grand, I'll gladly send you a deletion letter. And there you go. And it. it was it actually was a cosigner situation. It was mom cosigned for the son. The son didn't pay. Um, and the mom was trying to do something else and she reached out to me and paid the balance for her son who she'd probably never co-sign for again. And, um, we did give the deletion letter, but so those are some scenarios. I think it's definitely income that you shouldn't count on, but you should definitely try to go after, um, renter's credit is really big. I would definitely recommend getting signed up with that. Cool. I think that's, that's really good. That's smart. I wasn't thinking about that one in the arsenal. See, that's why you have me. Yep. That's why she gets paid the big yeah. bucks. Yep. Um, I'm trying to think like what else, you know, I mean, we, we kind of call this a renter's credit. Like I know everybody wants to talk about it and get into the drama of it. And they, you know, one of you know, the politicians and this. And honestly, like I said, is I would love to have somebody come on here locally or whatever and just have a conversation with the politician that, you know, whether it's the new thing that you have to take pets or people shouldn't pay rent or you charge too much for rent or we should be easier on them. I think renters in California speaking, they have it pretty good where they, uh, they have more of the rights than we do, you know? So, um, you know, but it's, I, I get it. If somebody's there and they're abusing it and not, it's frustrating, it's irritating, but you know, I think like moving forward, just as this COVID is going to change a lot of things in our lives and businesses and how we do things like Crystal saying is, is, 
if you're re-renting to somebody like right now, you should implement this immediately. If your property management company is not doing this, they should implement this immediately. Because like Crystal was saying before, if you get somebody out and you put somebody new in, how do you know, even though you did the fact checks, you did just, how do you know they're not going to lose their job in three months and then they can't pay? But if you have that pressure and they know it's on their credit, trust me, it changes the whole game. And I think a lot of renters... It just keeps people honest. ...get away know? with stuff because it's not on their credit. Just my opinion. 100% because this is a common issue. I mean, I've talked to plenty of owners who do this. Um, you want you have a problem tenant in your building and they're wreaking havoc, whether they're not paying rent or they're causing problems or they've damaged the unit and you just want to get them out, right? So you negotiate to get them out and they go apply at different places to get an apartment. And what are you going to do? Tell the prospective landlord that they were a terrible tenant? Or are you going to say, no, they were great and let them go be their problem? unfortunately that happens because that landlord is just like get them out of my life and if they can't get approved for an apartment uh they can't get them out of their building so they go ahead and give them a glowing you know paid on time great tenant and now you've inherited this pain in the neck uh person so we all need to do our part and report to credit run credit reports all of that and um if you don't do that, then you're just kind of making it so that this person's winning and you're kind of hurting landlords. Uh, you're hurting your like fellow landlords. So you need to kind of yeah. do all it's this. A great, it's a great point. Like you yeah. said, you need to run this like a business, like yes. everything else. Um, look, if you buy a house, if you buy a car, you have credit cards, student loans, unsecured lines. If you go get financing for jewelry, for furniture, you know, the list goes on. They put it on your credit. And so if you go buy another car and you screwed over one car company, if they do give you a loan, let's just say the interest rate's not going to be pretty. And if they do, and a lot of times, once you screw over one company like Ford or something, they might not ever give you another loan again for a yep. long, long time. And so I think Crystal's right is how can we fight back? How can we do something? Um, or how can you just minimize your risk? No, what I mean is fight back is we feel helpless. We feel like this is – Conduct yourself like a business. Start treating things, do things like a business. Like Crystal says, if you're used to not vetting somebody properly, shame on you for letting them in your building. If you're used to entitling tenants for like, I let them pay whenever and do whatever and run amok, that's hard to take somebody that's been doing that for a while and then basically bring them back and say, this is a, this is a building. You need to pay on time. You need to act accordingly. Not to mention that when you take them to court, a lot of times the judge will say, you allowed them to pay late every month. You can't just change the rules because yep. you woke up one day and decided to start doing it right. Yep. It's not as easy to go back. That's why you treat it like a business from day one. Yeah, I think that's why you have a lease. And that's why it says if you pay by this past this date, you're late. And that's why you hold them to it. That's why there's you know, things in the lease which they have to abide by. And that tenant, when they leave your establishment or your building and they go somewhere else and they cause a muck, I'm not saying it's your fault, but you're, nobody's doing anything to help these situations. Like if everybody were to do and conduct business how they're supposed to when they own property, I can tell you what, it would keep the apartment owners a lot more honest. It would keep politicians and people off our back because they know this. And it would also keep tenants more honest, but they would be almost, it's like, it's just the system works itself. If they pay late, it goes on their credit. If it ruins their credit, they want to either car or credit card, there's going to be a problem for them. Shitty credit, I can tell you right now in these days, is not helping anybody. Credit is more important than anything. Like even when loans are pricing out, 
with bad credit, like some lenders are like, we don't even want anybody with a credit score under 700 or higher. We don't want them. Or 700 or low, they're pricing, you're getting so hit hard on the interest rate for regular. I see it. As soon as COVID hit, it changed. Because like Crystal said, risk. You're a risk. You're right. a risk to me. You're a risk when I sell your loan. And it's all based on data that they've pulled that people who have credit scores under a certain whatever, if it's 700, tend to be more likely to not be able to pay their bills. And when Crystal used to use the software, you used to put somebody's information in and hit submit and it would do the do 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 and kick back and say approved or denied, right? And then it would look and say like give a it would give a red whatever and because it, it was red taking green a, or yellow it was taking a profile of yeah. their record their criminal record and everything right that's another thing their criminal record the eviction and it would say these are red flags this is why based on our technology that we do millions of these this is why we're saying this is during this risk is not good for you to rent to this yes. person. Yes. And one other tip too when you're screening tenants because I've had this uh, it just helps you with the fake tenants is that I always google the place that they came from uh, to make sure the phone numbers and things match up and I also google the employers to make sure that things match up. I've definitely caught some people in the past like I remember a I don't know if, if the girl was a prostitute or not, but I had an applicant that said she was a massage therapist. And, um, all over. and I Googled the phone number of her manager and all over the internet was these like, you know, porn things. And that like this phone number was tied list. to yeah. like escorts or an escort service and all this. So, um, and I've also caught plenty of people uh, with the landlord situation. Like, I mean, a quick Google search will tell you a lot. It doesn't always help you because if it's a small mom pop landlord, it might not pop up, but um, it will definitely save you some from some potentially bad situations in the future to just quickly Google the people that you're renting to as well, like their jobs, their last place, you know, the, the phone numbers and references that they're giving you. You need to cross-check. Yeah. Um, so that's it, K&K. That's what we got. I think, honestly, I think we'll get um, – as we go more down this road with this, we will know where we stand. Um, at some point, I think we'll do another webinar, have Wendy back on because – but we don't know. Nothing's – when the court's open – I like the courts open when she can get in there and start doing some things. I'd like to get feedback for right now. It's like it's kind of business as usual, meaning that there is no evictions. You cannot do it. We're stuck here. And like Crystal is saying, is we, I would, don't be surprised if they push this off again. It's all going to be the recovery of the economy, recovery of COVID, or things opening back up. And if they're not, this is just going to keep, I think, dragging out. At some point, they might not be able to do this, but I would say this year is probably pretty like, shot. Pretty shot. Yep. If yep. If somebody's not paying, they're sitting in there. We gave you some examples. If not, then unfortunately, I think this will be leaking into 2021 as well. So I think we just need to take, um, you know, we basically just need to take matters into our own hands and do as best we can. Um, we're kind of used to operating that way, anyways. I don't rely on people to create my destiny, and I don't think anybody should. Um, so there are things that you can do to be proactive as a landlord to ensure that people are paying rent. And if you're one of those unfortunate people who didn't run your business like a business and you weren't properly screening tenants, you've got a mess to clean Start up. Now. But this is an opportunity. Look at it as an opportunity to clean up your business and do better. Thank you. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.